Hey, welcome to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Letitia Ringe, and this is the space to be for high vibe people looking to create a beautiful life and business. Let's do this. Welcome to the podcast, my beautiful friends. I am Letitia Ringe, your host, and today we are diving into a topic that we all need to hear about so that we can start kicking those goals we have set for 2020, and that topic is productivity. Now, I have a lot to share on this topic, but I'm going to go one step even further. And today I'm bringing on a specialist in productivity. Her name is Sarah Sathawait, and she is one of my incredible clients. Sarah is a productivity coach, and she also specializes in productivity in her day job, which we talk about in this episode. So Sarah joined my menstrual magic business, Mistress Mind, and she's also been a part of Create Your Beautiful Biz in 2019 after I met Sarah at an international women's day event in London. We shared a lift together and then we sat next to each other. Sarah watched me scrolling a million notes during the event, which is what I always do. And then we got into a really awesome conversation and Sarah shared about her incredible platform. She had been creating over many years, blogging all about productivity. And then we started working together, which is how I start working with so many of my clients, which side note, attending events for yourself because you genuinely want to learn and then taking some time to genuinely connect with people is one of the best ways to market yourself in business. It's how I meet so many of my clients and you can also take this same approach and apply it online. So this is how I teach marketing. And so if you want to know more about that, definitely check out Create Your Beautiful Biz. Enrollment will be opening soon. You can go to LetitiaRinge.com forward slash create your beautiful biz. This is my signature group coaching program. It's the core trainings that everyone does in any of my business offerings to create a solid foundation in their business to make their difference and thrive. It's for you if you're starting in business and it's for you if you've already got a business and you're looking to up the ante. I teach you all of my best tools and tricks there and you also have ongoing access to coaching from me and also connecting to the Create Your Beautiful Biz community. So I was over the moon when Sarah decided to join in the Menstrual Magic Business Mistress Mind because her contribution in that mastermind was just absolutely incredible. She has, she is a powerhouse like all of my clients are, of course. We all have so much expertise to offer, even when we think that we don't. So I supported Sarah as she launched her productivity coaching and brought that into her business. And today we're going to talk to Sarah all about productivity, how she manages both a business and and her work. And we're also going to talk about her best productivity tools and hacks and perspective when it comes to being the most productive in our business and what productivity even means. Because in my eyes, productivity needs to be something that's sustainable. It needs to be something that's working with our energy. By sustainable, I mean we can keep it up. And also I mean that it's something that will maximize the results we actually want. And I think a lot of us hear productivity and we really just focus on trying to do as much as we can. But as you will know, if you've been following me for a while, I use a cyclical approach. One of those systems is using my menstrual cycle. If you're not experiencing a menstrual cycle, you can use your own inner cycle or use the guide of something like the moon. 
And by doing that, we allow ourselves to shift through the different stages of creativity, which include times for doing and times for being in our feminine, which is a seemingly more passive energy, but so incredibly important. It's things like receiving the idea and the inspiration. It's things like refining our ideas and also sharing and communicating them with the world. So Sarah and I are talking about productivity through this lens of sustainable productivity And you'll hear also how to prioritize using your inner wisdom. We explore the key questions to be asking yourself each day in your business for greater productivity and value, why working all day is not productive and why we actually want to be productive in the first place. We also explore the link between productivity, energy and inspiration. We talk about productivity in terms of working with your cycle. We talk about feminine productivity and we also talk about Sarah's experience working in a group situation like the mistress mind and also how working with her cycle has helped her to show up in a more empowered way in her beautiful business. So before you meet Sarah, I just want to introduce her. Sarah is a productivity coach and she specializes in helping career-driven women become wildly successful through uncovering their unique productive flow. She believes that anyone and everyone can have an expansive and fulfilled life, even within a career. So she believes that you do not have to quit corporate life to have freedom and ease. She uses productivity systems and habit building to bring about your desires into a into your reality in a sustainable and repeatable way. And she says it's all about empowering you to be able to bring about anything that you want. And without further ado, let's dive into our conversation with Sarah Sathaway on productivity. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Letitia. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you on today and to be talking about all things productivity. I'm very excited to be here and share all things productivity with you and your lovely community. Yes, I'm so excited. And it's also the perfect time of year to be talking about this. So as we record this, Sarah and I are now in the end of December and you'll all hear this episode at the beginning of January. It's going to be the perfect time. We're all going to be thinking about how can we be more productive in our businesses and in our life in general for 2020. So this is just perfect timing in my eyes. All right, Sarah, are you ready to dive in? Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. So to kick us off, can you just let our beautiful listeners know a little bit in your own words about who you are? Okay. um, So I'm a productivity coach um, and, excuse me, I believe in allowing our own unique flow to dictate how we're productive. So I don't think everybody maximizes their productivity in the same way so it's all about finding your natural kind of ebbs and flows and the times of day that you are more likely to think deeply and have focus and times when you need to break and go away and reset Um, and I think that those flows can happen on a daily cycle a weekly cycle a monthly cycle so um that's kind of the philosophy that underpins my productivity coaching. And then my background and where this has kind of come from is being interested in self-development in, I guess, 
hacking in a sense for a long, long time, done a lot of reading, um, listening to podcasts, that kind of thing, um, alongside a corporate life. So I work in process improvement, which has a real coaching element to it in a way um, when you're guiding people through making changes in their working life. So I've been building that skill set of that coaching and that guiding during my day job, um, while outside of that, I've been reading and learning about hacks and tips and tools and being more effective. And I guess the two have started to merge into my productivity coaching and the work that I do with my clients. Mm. Well, I love first and foremost that you mentioned that your approach to productivity is all about finding your unique flow, um, which Mm -hmm. I know so many of our listeners will also appreciate as well. And I think it's great to kick this conversation off with those parameters, you know, expanding our concepts of what we believe productivity is, which is often thought about in, and as we've discussed, Sarah, in quite masculine terms and like anything, Mm -hmm. and I'm just thinking about this because a lot of my clients get really turned off when I'm talking about, you know, marketing and sales and, um, and even money, right? We think about these in very masculine terms, but I, what I encourage everyone to do is to like redefine these terms for yourself, come up with your own labels and, um, create something that also brings in that beautiful feminine balance that we all need no matter what we're talking about so I just wanted to say love unique flow for productivity and um, I also just wanted to um, mention that how cool is it that you've been able to use the skills that you have learned and refined in your day job to then create a business and to use directly in your coaching and um and yeah I just think that that is so beautiful and often we don't see that we actually have transferable skills that we can use in our businesses absolutely I often say that no learning is ever wasted um so throughout life everything that I learn and the experiences I have are all teaching me something and building more more skills, more knowledge, more self-understanding. And it can pop up in random places where you'll kind of extrapolate something from an experience that seems completely unrelated, but it'll give you the answer and the guidance that you need for the problem that's in front of you. So one of the things I advocate is to have broad experiences, consistently be trying new things, pushing your boundaries, being in that kind of edge of your comfort zone. And it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to make sense. It's just following that curiosity so that you're always kind of exercising those muscles of um, learning something new, integrating something new, um, being uncomfortable. I think particularly and I know you discuss this a lot, that as entrepreneurs, we're kind of going against our innate biological programming mm. because we're putting ourselves out there and being seen and we've, we've got to override some of that. And if you're constantly, deliberately trying new things, making yourself uncomfortable, noticing that discomfort and going ahead and doing what you're curious about anyway, then you're practicing it that all the time and you're building that muscle. And so, Maybe it's just 
going to a dance class by yourself and that makes you uncomfortable and going, oh, I don't know if I'm not going to know anybody and I don't know where I'm going and, and you know, the mind starts overreacting. But that's quite a, a manageable kind of situation to coach yourself through so that when you come to the point that you are talking yourself into going live on your Instagram or promoting your uh, new offering or doing those kinds of things for your business that make you uncomfortable, you've already built the muscles that mean you know that you know how to guide yourself through that situation. Mm. I... Yeah, I really hear you on all of this and I think it's you there's something that I've just taken away from what you were saying is how those small decisions every single day like the example that you gave of dancing and um being you know that stepping outside of your comfort zone it's all these like look at how many decisions we make on a day-to-day basis that seem relatively small that stop us from doing the things that we actually want to do i.e what we're curious about and how the the remedy for that and also becoming more confident expanding those comfort zones and broadening your experiences as you talk about is simply to act on those small decisions one at a time. And through that process of taking the small decisions, you create big changes in your life. Yes, it's about building that evidence bank that you've got it and you can do it. Hmm. Yeah. And when you think about it like this and you break it down into these small steps, just like in business, um, when people want to start a business, everybody, our brain freaks out. If we want to do something, uh, launch a new program or launch something new in our business or do something new, our brain freaks out. It thinks, whoa, that's way too huge. But you break it down into small steps and you just take one step at a time. And over time, you create those big changes in your life. So I love this. I love that we've just dove straight into it. Absolutely. And and speaking about breaking it down, I think about it in terms of, and this is um, from a productivity point of view, quite an important point, I think, is there's a saying or a quote that we underestimate what we can, or overestimate what we can achieve in a day, but underestimate what we can achieve in a year. And I am a big, big, big advocate for, if you did one thing every single day towards your business, whether it's 20 minutes or two hours, over a year, that's 365 things. Mm-hmm. How far do you think you would get if you just took one action every single day? And this is where I think we get caught up in that we're not getting enough done in a day. But when you step back and think about that, point of view and go if you wrote your to-do list out now would you have 365 things on it probably not so if you're just consistently chipping away at it and doing one thing every day two things every day in a year's time you're going to be absolutely amazed by how far you've come so why are you putting so much pressure on yourself to get it all done today Mm, yes oh I love this and you know it's that 80 20 rule the 20 percent of what we actually do leads to 80 percent of the results and for all of you know both you and I Sarah and also for all of our listeners I bet that one of our values is that we want to not be doing all the things we want to try and do less and create more results and so we also do that by taking that best step 
each day, right? Rather than trying to do all of the things at once and then spinning because we end up just ticking off the to-do list rather than using our brain to ask ourselves, okay, well, on that to-do list, what is the best thing for me to do today? And doing that first, um, first off the bat. (laughs) Exactly. It's that prioritization of what is going to move the needle the most towards my goals. Um, That's often when uh, clients come to me concerned about priorities that is one of the questions you should be focusing on the things that move you closest to your goals so do you have a clear idea of where you're trying to get to and what kind of life you want to have what kind of business that you're building if you know that then you can prioritize based on which action today is going to move me towards those And then the other way you prioritize is you think about your customers, your clients, your community, and go, which action today is going to be of greatest service to them? And you always, and this is another thing that comes from my consulting background, is you're always thinking about the value add to the customer, and you're defining steps in a process based on what would a customer be willing to pay for, and which steps would they not be willing to pay for, And how do we eliminate the steps that a customer wouldn't pay for because they don't value them? So you've got to think about that as well in terms of of the things that I've got on my list to do today, which things here would a customer be willing to pay for versus which ones they wouldn't be. Some of the things that they wouldn't pay for are things that are necessary and you are going to have to do your tax return at some point. But... It's a really easy question to help you cut through the noise and go, I've come up with all of these ideas and all of this inspiration, but I know these couple of actions are going to move me towards these goals. And I know this action over here is something that a customer would be willing to pay for. So those are the three things I'm going to do today. And suddenly you've got an manageable amount of work for that day rather than 10, 12, 14 hours. Yes. I love the focus on the value to them. And I truly believe that the best way we market and sell our service services are by providing value to our community. And then the best way we serve our current clients and community, those who are working with us right now, is also by doing the same thing, looking at how we can add more value to them and serve them. So I think that's really beautiful, this um, focus on what is the value to our customers, clients, community. So Sarah, let's just dial it back for a moment and then we'll jump back in to talking more about productivity, um, which we're both super excited about clearly. Um, I just want to know how, because right now we're doing this call and you're back in your hometown in New Zealand. And however, where you and I met at our Women in Business event in London, that's actually where you live now. So I'd love to know, can you tell us a little bit about how you um, ended up moving overseas and also perhaps if this is involved, what your gateway to personal development was and then therefore into productivity coaching? Sure. So as Letitia mentioned, I'm currently sitting in my childhood bedroom (laughs) which has been my childhood bedroom my entire life. So I grew up on a farm in Canterbury, New Zealand, and we have 
my grandfather bought the property and my dad has been here since he was three years old. So I've been here from day dot pretty much. Um, and I guess the journey when I've got a brother and sister and we all went to boarding school in Christchurch and from there I studied at university down there and then I moved to um, I did a stint in Melbourne actually I've always had a bit of a travel bug I've always known I wanted to travel that I wanted broad experiences uh, but it took a long time to get to the point where I, I started to indulge in that and a lot of that was around building the confidence to go after what I wanted to do. Um, so I spent six months in Melbourne, came back to Christchurch, moved to Auckland where I started consulting. And while I was consulting in Auckland, I went to visit friends that were living in London and they were just having the best time. They were having so much fun. I was there for about 10 days um, with some travel around Europe, either side of it. And I just thought, yeah, I want this. I want to. I'd always kind of known it in the back of my head, you know, back of my head, but I kind of didn't have the confidence just to move to London sight unseen. So when I got over there and I felt the buzz of the city and the energy of the place, I just went, yes, this is for me. This is what I want to do. And about a year later, I moved over. And it really was a case of kind of following that intuition and the inner knowing and the curiosity and just loving the energy of the place. It just, I've been there over three years now and I'm going back in about a month for probably at least another two years. And I just, I'm in awe. I can remember the first time I got off the tube at Westminster and saw the Houses of Parliament, and I still get the same feeling all the time in London. So I guess I got there, as I said, I was following my intuition. I kind of always had this inner knowing that I wanted to travel and see different cultures and experience different things uh, and be constantly expanding, very much of a growth mindset. <laughs> Um, and I guess actually that's a good segue into my interest in personal development. I believe it started with reading a book called The Four Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. So <laughs> love that book. It was such a great expander for me because it made me realize that I didn't have to have a nine to five job. I didn't have to go down such a traditional route that there were other options and lifestyles and ways of making a living out there. And I, I still have a nine-to-five job, but I'm on this journey of building a business that does have the freedom and the flexibility that I desire that really started with that book. And it wasn't just around the lifestyle, but Tim is very much into hacks and efficiency and how do we do this the best we can with the minimum amount of effort uh, and so as I followed him, he was the first podcast I ever listened to and listening to the interviews that he conducted and there were lots of tools and tips and productivity and wellness and strength training and diet and all kinds of different things. But the, the tips that I would go home and try and implement were always in that productivity space. How can I do the most with the least amount of effort? 
Mm. And I guess initially, because of where it was coming from, it was quite masculine in terms of you doing, you wanting to do it with the least amount of effort so that you can do what a regular person would take two days to do. You could do it in a day kind of thing mm. so that you're doubling your output. And so now I'm I'm moving that into a feminine place of actually it's not about it maybe it is about doubling your output but it's so that you can work half the amount of time and so you can ebb and flow with who you are uh, and you can move with your own energy because when you hit the really productive point you really maximize that and get it all and get loads done so that when you need to take a step back and really step into the self-care and get cozy and reflective, you've created the space to be able to do that because when you've felt really ready to go, you've um, made the most of that productive energy. Mm. Yep. So that's a real trajectory <laughs> over probably – 10 years <laughs> <laughs> thank you well now we know a little bit more about you and also now everybody knows just some of the reasons why people love London and I'm feeling very nostalgic as you describe um that being in awe you know being with by Westminster Abbey and yeah it's London the energy there is just electric so I think that this is a great point to ask you then what is your definition of productivity or what does productivity mean to you? Um, as I said at the start of the conversation, it's about that unique flow. So I talk about aligned productivity. So for me, it is understanding your natural bodily rhythms. Are you a morning person? Are you an afternoon person? Are you a night person? How does your energy ebb and flow with your menstrual cycle, which I know lots of you have heard about from Letitia? <laughs> what yeah, so it's about what feels really good and easeful and freeing, but it's also letting go of the weight of expectation. Mm. So I had a client recently and she's like, oh, I'm really busy in the morning and I get loads done, but then in the afternoon I never get enough done and I end up thinking I've wasted half the day. Mm. And it's like, but you – Got every, you got a lot done in the morning and the kind of lifestyle you want to lead, you don't want to work 10 hours a day. So why are you upset about that? Mm. And, it, and just kind of pointing out that naturally we are not designed to be incredibly focused and quote-unquote productive all day. That is a construct from manufacturing where they needed shift workers to work at the same time for the same length of time uh, on a production line where they all had their one individual job they repeatedly did over and over and over and over and over again for eight hours a day. For manual tasks, maybe working for that long is achievable, but that is not actually as humans how we're designed. So it's about stepping back from the constructs that have been built up by the production world and the corporate world over decades, if not centuries, of human development to come back to ourselves and go, what is, as you were saying, what is pr productive for me? 
when does it feel good, easeful, freeing, whatever it is that you value in your life and are your guiding values, when does it feel in alignment with those things? Mm. How does that productivity sit? Yeah. Oh, I love this. So the way that I think about productivity is all about sustainability, right? Like how can we be Mm -hmm. sustainably productive, which is I think a different way to look at productivity than as you've just described it there, that old way of looking at it where it is, how can I just do as much as possible in a short amount of time? And I think that this is really interesting because I loved Tim Ferriss too. I had a massive crush on him when I first started listening to his podcast and read The 4-Hour Workweek. And what I loved about Tim Ferriss, and actually that's where I heard the 80-20 rule, it was through Tim. He, um, in The 4-Hour Workweek, um, I mean, he's talking all about the new rich and, you know, what we, what, what is, what actually makes us feel rich or wealthy is really this time that we want to buy. And it doesn't necessarily mean massing all of this wealth throughout our life only to be able to enjoy the time in our retirement. Like why not enjoy the time now? So how can we create more time abundance in our life? And I think you've like, you've hit such a great point here that I just want to shine a light on. And so if you look at where, as you mentioned, where does this come from, this desire for for more productivity, this desire to be able to do more and it being, we're looking at this from this masculine perspective of, oh, well, I can just have more results and more output then. But if you really ask yourself why you want that, I think what we really want, and this is going back to what Tim is talking about in the four hour work week, what we really want is that freedom. And so if we can start to, um, Uh, Well, then there's the blocks we have to being in our feminine energy, which is all about being that more passive state. If we can start to work on creating uh, a relationship and connection with our feminine, as in time for rest and relaxation is just as important and time for play and time for um, the inner work and turning within is just as important to our sustainable productivity as it as is actually doing the work itself and that is what leads to freedom so i think we we incorrectly think that by doing more we'll we'll have that freedom but actually we need to do less but focus on the things that are as you mentioned most aligned most important to us um, and also are creating the best impact and results for us so yeah, what are your thoughts on that, Sarah? Yeah, absolutely. I, as you were speaking, what came through for me is I remember being at university and they talk about social productivity. Mm-hmm. People think, oh, we need to be at the library all day, every day. And I'd be like, no, go to see your friends as being productive. Going to the gym as being productive. Cooking a healthy meal as being productive. So when I think about defining productivity, I take quite a broad view of it because what the ultimate aim is we're talking a lot about how we want to feel and the freedom that we're wanting to get to is a whole lifestyle and there are many components to that there's our health there's our social well-being there's our spirituality so it's not just about being productive from the point of view of your business or your career it's actually 
what is the whole picture? And I know you're already into this with the holistic business, but what does the whole picture look like? Maybe being productive for you on a day might be getting to a yoga class or spending an afternoon doing meal prep so that you know that you're going to eat well through the week when you're busy with clients so that you're supporting your energy levels because there's an element of this that's about energy management, right? They always talk about time management, but actually it's about energy And again, with the feminine that we, we can't, and the sustainability that you talk about, that we can't keep up the pace, basically. Uh, so we need to take that step back. And I think you and I and many of your community will have had that experience where we've worked and we've worked and we've worked and we've run out of inspiration. Mm. And it's you, you actually, if you just grind away, you will get to the end of your to-do list because you'll stop adding to it because there won't be any fresh inspiration coming through. And I don't, when we step back and think about it like that, I don't think any of us want to get to that point. We always want there to be something else that we're excited about and something else that we want to work on. We we labor under this myth of like a finite to-do list, but actually what we need to accept is A, that it doesn't exist, but B, that when we dig into it, we don't actually want a finite to-do list. We always want there to be something else to be excited about and whether that's in line with the current path that we're going on or whether our curiosity starts to move us in a different direction, we don't ever want to be done. We always want to be on the journey. Mm. Oh, that's so beautiful. Um, and, yeah, I really feel that inspiration is life force. Like if we're not inspired, like if you're around someone who's not inspired, you know that – what what that energy is like to be around. Whereas if you're with someone who is inspired, you are energized just by being around them. So anything that is going to help you show up in that inspired energy, in my opinion, is like the best thing that we can do. So I really love that the way you're talking about productivity is talking about understanding our body, our energy, and also what actually lights you up as well which is where that curiosity and inspiration comes in so Sarah let's now talk about some of your favorite productivity tools for um, for our businesses let's start there with tools I like to keep things really simple and less tools is definitely more <laughs> so for me at the moment I have a planner with, um, it's actually a blank notebook so that I can set it up the way that I want, but it's got the days of the week on the left page and a blank to-do list area on the right page um, so that I can put sort of appointments and things on the left and then just write a running to-do list on the right. And then I have a kind of master to-do list, inspiration list, ideas, challenges I've heard people speak about, key topics that I explore from every different angle I can come up with. Um, and I use those two places as my catch-all for everything um, because I, the way I work is I need to be inspired for it to flow, that I can't go 
okay, in January I'm going to do this challenge and in February I'm going to launch this product and in March this is going to happen because I'll get to March and I won't want to do what I planned in March. So it's very much for me keeping all the inspiration and all the to-dos in one place, which is just a Google Doc, um, and then picking out the things I want to work on that that week and putting it into my planner. So I, I keep it really, really simple because I actually – think that having lots of bells and whistles and complicated planners or um, loads of functionality in a to-do list app or anything like that is distracting and I think you get guilty if you're not using all of the functionality available to you and so you're either guilty that you're not using it all or you're spending a lot of time maintaining these systems And that's not actually a productive use of your time. If we go back to what we were talking about with priorities in terms of what moves you towards your goals or what uh, is going to be valued by your customers, keeping a super neat Trello board or Asana or um, Wonderlist or whatever it is the tool is that you use is not super value add. So, yes, you need to keep organized, but it just – With any tool, I just think about what is the actual functionality that you need and helps keep you organized and then forget the rest Mm. and keep it as simple as possible. Um, I did, I've written a whole blog post on maximizing using tools um, and some of it talks around how do you figure out what your requirements are so you can select the right things. Whether you're buying a planner, so start of the year when this comes out and you're thinking about your planner for 2020, Um, or whether you're deciding to use an online app. What is it that you actually need it to be able to do? Don't just go for the new shiny thing. Mm. Yeah, I love the um, that tool of the master list. I also enjoy having a master list too, and I find it's just great to get all of the to-dos out of your head, and it's like your brain can rely, can feel comfortable, but it's over there in a document. And so, you know, when Uh you need to do it, you can just go to the document and you can figure out, you know, if that's the right time to do it. And, um, and I also just wanted to mention that Sarah is a rebel. So, um, that's a perfect plan for you. Um, not committing over committing yourself to plans for the future. Um, other people might enjoy, um, having more of a structure to their, uh, the way that you set up your couple, next couple of months ahead or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it's, and as you've mentioned, it's really just about finding what works for you. But I think this point about keeping things as simple as possible is so good because like you, I've tried things like Trello and Asana and I've had all different, um, tools that I've tried, but really to this day, I just have a master to-do list. And at the start of each week, I ask myself what needs to be done this week. But I do want to mention one key thing that, um, I think often a lot of people in business forget, which we, you might, we might've been touching on anyway, 
And that is that you need to know what your focus is in your business. So for example, one of the focuses in your business needs to be on making money, right? So if instead your business focus is on um, creating a perfect website or it's growing your community or it's um, like creating the perfect funnel or whatever it is, these smaller projects that are like part of our business, we miss the overall um, focus that we need to have, which on the one hand is serving our clients and um, and serving our community, but is also on making money. So when you can start, when you know that that's one of your focuses, instead of looking at your to-do list and all of the things you could do in your business, you can ask yourself out of these things today, what would be the best way for me to move the needle forward to making money in my business? And I really believe that this is something that a lot of us entrepreneurs aren't doing. And it's why we then fall into that trap of feeling like we've just got way too much to do. Because there is that we could have an, an endless to-do to do list if we try to do it all. What are your thoughts on that, Sarah? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think having those key questions um, based on what your focus is at that time. And as you say, in business, it's always going to one of your points is always going to be about making money because that's about the sustainability that's around the reciprocity of value between you and your community um, is having that money flowing in uh, actually receiving money as part of your kind of active service to your community because it allows you to reach more people serve more people offer more free and paid content um, and I think, so there's always that question around what can I do today to help me make money? What can I do today that, um, you know, sometimes it's about supporting your business in terms of there are to-dos that you need to do around supporting that uh, that's other entity that is your business and your taxes or talking to your accountant or those kinds of things. So sometimes your focus might be on how do I support my business today? Um, you might be asking yourself a question, how do I support myself? And then your focus for the day or for the week might be more nurturing and it's getting a massage or doing a face mask or getting into bed an hour early, which means that you need to reshuffle earlier in your day. Um, to make that happen but it's kind it's almost you could put in the back of your planner or your diary or a sticky note somewhere three or four questions based on what your priorities and your focuses are at that point in time that allow you to cut through all of the ideas and inspiration to figure out what kind of season you're in and what things mm -hmm. actions you want to be working on yeah, that's such a great idea. And and the thing is, on the topic of making money, I think what people need to realize, and I've had to learn this lesson myself, is that we also make money by spending time supporting and nurturing ourselves. So if we tried to go out all day, like our whole waking day, every single day, just trying to make money and doing all of these things, 
you wouldn't make as much money as if you allow that space to receive the money, the flow of that money in. So that question of I want to make money, well, what would be the what would be the best thing I could do today to make that money? It might actually be to go and treat myself, to go and have a massage, to spend the day not doing anything. And that's a, that that totally can be the answer to that question today. So I think that having those focuses in mind is essential. And actually, that's one of um, the points that I wanted to make about productivity is that we have to know what our priorities are and then prioritize. And I think sometimes we're not actually clued up on what our priorities really are because we're so used to prioritizing based on everybody else's expectations and list of values rather than tuning in and finding out what ours are. So um, when we take that cyclical approach to our productivity and we look at, hey, the doing is just as important important as the receiving, I think even the way we approach these questions that you're talking about, Sarah, it will broaden um, your horizons on what action or inaction could be taken that day. Yes, I think uh, it's about coming back to your intuition and instead of there's not a right answer to these things, there's not the answer that society expects or what it should look like. It's about acknowledging what comes through for you in that moment. And it's that, that first answer, whatever bubbles up when you yeah. ask yourself these questions, that's the direction to go in and not talking yourself out of that and, and disqualifying it. Yeah. I think what I see a lot of is you have preconceived notions based on what society has told us productive looks like or how we should live our lives. And even though we're starting to develop a new vision for ourselves that we want it to look in a different way, we haven't yet peeled back the layers and all the different aspects of how that changes. So just because we're in your communities in the space of being business owners and crafting a lifestyle for themselves, they haven't then translated within that vision, what does health look like for me? What does productive look like for me? What does a work day look like? What does my social life look like? And how do I move away from society's expectations to develop my own version of these things across all facets of my life? rather than um and so and with productivity it's the same you know there's a very clear idea from i guess the corporate world for a lot of us of what productive is meant to look like and so when we're starting to move into this place of defining it for ourselves we might ask a question about what's going to help me make money today and we're always going to think it needs to be a doing, a talking to my audience, sending direct messages to people to find people to buy things or um, talking about it on my Instagram stories or sending another email or creating another free challenge to build an audience I've got more people to sell to or, you know, it's very easy to come up with a lot of actions to do to, to create that. But it might be stepping back and going, well, actually, this week, I have got client calls on Tuesday. I'm doing a podcast interview on Wednesday. 
Um, and on Thursday, I'm going out to an event. So I've got all of these outward things where I'm meeting people and I'm interacting with people and I'm serving my current audience and expanding it. So today on Monday, I'm going to take some time for myself to ensure that I'm in the right place to go up and show up in those other things coming in the coming days in a way that is going to provide the value. And I'm going to trust that that is when the money will flow through, that I don't need to be in this place of anxiety or lack or scarcity or whatever words you choose to use, that I have to take concrete, tangible action every single day or it won't happen. It's about relaxing into it and letting the flow and the dance and being just, you know, wondering when it might come through to you. If I, I actually have a belief that when you take those moments to be worthy and go, I'm worthy of a massage or I'm worthy of going for a walk in the park and enjoying the sunshine, then the universe responds to that energy and goes, you're also worthy of the money you desire because you're treating yourself well first. Exactly. Yeah, and that's about being in the the energy of abundance. And, you know, in, through the work that I do as a business coach, what I see is that often it's not about what we're doing. Sometimes it is, don't get me wrong. Some people aren't doing enough <laughs> things. And, there's and you know, there's definitely times when we're going through that process where we're not doing enough. But it always comes back to whether you're doing too many things or you're not doing enough, what is the energy behind what you're doing? And if it's coming from that place of lack and scarcity, as you were just talking about, um, and if it's because you don't believe that you're worthy, then that is where the work needs to be, to be focused on. And so sometimes that is going to get an amazing massage and treating yourself and being in the energy of abundance. Actually, it's always about being in the energy of abundance. (laughs) That means it's often taking that time for yourself. Like for instance, this week I'm going, I'm doing a two, the next two weeks, I'm doing two days working five day weekends. So Lou called it a reverse weekend. And I was like, that's awesome. And I know that that is going to be the best way I can serve my community and make money in my business by taking that Mm -hmm. time to myself, because I will be in a place where I can receive, I can restore, I'm going to have amazing ideas. And that is going to be the most productive way to use my time over the next couple of weeks, which is awesome. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's that reframe that rest and relaxation and receiving inspiration is still a productive use of your time. Mm. And having that broad definition that it's about the whole picture, not just the items on your to-do list. Mm, yes, great. I love that. Okay, so Sarah, are there any other productivity hacks or tools you want to tell us about when it comes to either our businesses or for those of us who are managing work, as in like working for someone um, in employment and our businesses, which a lot of people are doing, of course. I have the rule of three. So I say three projects at once and three items a day. Uh, So as a guiding principle so that you're not overloading yourself because I know you've got lots of creatives in your audience that it will be overflowing with ideas. So it's about having three projects that you're working on 
and then identifying three actions a day. And the beauty of having three projects is that sometimes things will get a bit stuck or you'll be waiting for someone to come back to you so you can just pause on that one and you might do your three items for the day might be all on one project or you might do one task for each project or you've got some room to move in there but you're also focused enough that you're going to get those three projects done in a timely manner and then you can move on to the next three. So the idea is always that you finish all three projects before you select your next three so you don't end up with a project that just drags on and on and on and on and on. And if you were getting into that that scenario where something's dragging on and on and on, it would be worth taking a step back and questioning why is that going on, where is the procrastination coming from, is this maybe not the right time for that project to come to fruition. Um, and I think with when you're employed and an entrepreneur and have your own business and I guess in a way you have two to-do lists going on, mm. The way I approach it is I dial that rule of threes back to just one. Um, so I might be, uh, I'll have my social media going on and uh, creating content and sort of my regular day-to-day -day with my business. And then I'll just be doing one additional project, uh, sort of creating a challenge or a course or whatever it might be. Um, and and just telling myself when I get home at the end of the day and I'm tired and I may be tempted by just sitting on the couch watching Netflix, I just go, just do five minutes, just get started. If you still don't want to do it once you've done it for five minutes, then you don't have to. But once you get going, you get into it because I love what I do, right? So once I get going, I'm fine most of the time, but it's just – kind of testing myself and making sure that because there are days that you need to take that step back and you do need just to watch Netflix and recharge and honor the energy that I'm in but it's just making sure that I'm not just kind of letting ego win uh, by doing five minutes and then making the decision um, so I guess there's a couple of tips there in terms of that I, I think apply for me, productivity is not – it's kind of universal. You have to find your own flow and your own interpretation of tactics and sort of tangible tips. But whether you uh, – we've all got lots of different things going on. So, Letitia, you've got your business and you're traveling, or you might have a business and you're a mom, or you've got family with – that requires a lot of support and that takes up a lot of your time or you've got um, you're working full time or you volunteer a lot or, yeah, or you've got a hobby whatever it is that you yeah there's there's always plenty to do uh, and how we kind of organize all of that and make the decisions on what to focus on when is uh, the, the sort of tools and the ways that you can go about that are pretty universal to all of those different scenarios. Mm, yep, I love that. And the, see, that's such an empowering way to look at productivity and how we can support ourselves. It's giving 
us as the individuals all of the power to create systems and um, and boundaries that are supportive for ourselves and come from this empowered place. And I also just wanted to um, to talk about how that instant gratification that we get from a to-do list is, I think, something that um, like definitely feeds our egos. So that's something to be careful um, of. Am I just feeding my ego by ticking this thing off the list and then therefore it's not going to last very long? Or is this project <laughs> that I'm working on, um, this one thing that I'm doing today or these three things, do they feel really fulfilling for me from this really you know, deep heart-centered place rather than that yeah. more superficial instant gratification we get from ticking off what whatever the first thing is on our to-do list for sure absolutely I think you know the motivation and the feeling is always so important but on the flip side I think sometimes you can leverage that ego to build momentum and I do talk about sometimes getting some quick wins so maybe sending an email is a five-minute task and that Mm -hmm. kind of starts getting you going Um, I also talk about uh, breaking down your to-do list into really small granular things so that you are ticking off quite frequently and you can use that kind of ego satisfaction to your advantage to get through things in a timely manner. Um, So, yes, you always want to make sure that it's the right things that you're you're doing um, and that's really fundamental to productivity I think regardless of who you talk to in this space, um, but sometimes you can leverage that ego feeling to help you sort of gamify it in a way. If you've got a lot that's happening and you're in that energetic space that you want to be getting lots done, um, then I do support going for it and using whatever's at your disposal to help you focus and make it fun. Mm. Yeah. And actually I do agree about the just five minutes thing, because I think often the resistance to doing the thing on our to-do list is actually not coming from a place of, look, it's just better for me not to be doing anything right now. I think most of the time it's coming from a place of fear because we're actually scared of what would happen if we were actually successful and expanded and, and were seen. So just getting yourself to do just five minutes is such a great way to just get yourself into that momentum of doing something, which then might lead to something else that you end up doing that's even more aligned. But yes, I love this idea of just feeding your ego a little bit by doing that thing for five minutes. And then I also just want to mention, sorry, Sarah, to cut you off there, the, um, no, no, it's- the the another thing that's really important from my point of view is that we are always evaluating what we're doing so if you're like we can't know before we do things whether something is in that 20% or that 80% of what we do we have to do the things we have to evaluate them and we have to look at okay so what was really contributing to the results that I want in my life and what what has been contributing to those values that I hold most dearly and then what what isn't and so what could I let go of or what could I do differently next time and only if we're evaluating do we end up learning from the things that we're doing so I think that evaluation is also a really important step to include um, in definitely our businesses, but just everything in life so that we can become more and more productive as we go along. 
Yes. Yeah, I think the reflection piece on anything is critical to how we learn and develop and get better and better. I um, In my consulting life and all my life across the board, actually, <laughs> as a, a philosophy of continuous improvement and how do we get even 1% better every day or every time we do something. So taking that moment to think about what worked, what didn't work, what would I do differently next time, what should I stop doing, and whether you're doing that on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, after you deliver certain projects, it's really important to have some kind of reflection point built into the rhythm of how you run your business, how you do your life, so that you are regularly and kind of systematically just having that check-in and that pause and re-evaluating, as you say, and then adjusting course based on what you're learning. And that really is fundamental to integrating the lessons that you're having and then moving upwards and leveling up and achieving a new level of productivity and of success and getting to a new place in your business and a new place in your life. If you don't take the moment to look back over what you're doing, you are likely to repeat the same cycles and stay in a very similar place or grow very, very slowly. The reflection piece is really important to leveling up mm. at pace, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I love that. And it's just such an empowering way to look at it because it gives you all of the control and power back in your hands, which is super cool. Okay, yeah. Sarah. So was there anything else that you want to mention here on productivity before we move to our next topic? No, I think we've really robustly covered it from lots of different angles and the really the questions that come up a lot in my community uh, we've gone over. So I think it would be very, very helpful for your audience. Yeah. Definitely. This is going to, there's tons of tips in here and yeah. you know, definitely tag both Sarah and I on Instagram. We'll give you Sarah's details in a moment and let us know what your takeaways were from this episode, what your productivity tools and hacks are and, um, and any other realizations you've had throughout this episode. And so finally, I want to talk to Sarah about what it's been like deep into working with her cycle and also because Sarah was one of the incredible women who joined the menstrual magic business mistress mind that I ran earlier in 2019 and she's also been a part of create your beautiful biz so I'd love to hear from you Sarah how understanding your cycle has helped you with your business and managing all of the things in life and also what you enjoyed most about being in the mistress mind. Okay, with uh, learning about my cycle, I feel the sort of underpinning lesson that I've had from that is that there is a time for everything, mm. and that's really helped me to let go of the kind of anxious energy of trying to get it all done. It's given me a lot of peace of mind of there is a time for everything, so when I'm in my inner autumn and using that to tidy up loose ends and get on top of emails and 
um, that being the space for those kind of wrapping up tasks, realizing that during my inner spring, I get a lot of creativity and feel really called to write. And so creating space for that to happen and making sure that in terms of what's being scheduled and what I've got going on that I'm leaving plenty of room in my calendar to have the time to write because I know that the inspiration is going to come through and I'm going to write with the most ease and the most clarity and topics that are going to resonate really well with my audience at that point in my cycle Mm. Um, and the, the longer I track my cycle and kind of schedule an alignment with it the deeper it goes. Mm. And I'm sure if you ask me the same question in a year's time, I would have so many more lessons and have really evolved with how I was working with it. And so I really enjoy that and find it really exciting how it's it's created so much space and ease and it's just, uh, I guess, also allowed for a lot of intuition. So mm. I trust myself a lot more in terms of deciding what I think the right thing is to to do at a point in time but also kind of advocating for my own needs and being able to go to a client and say actually the call we have scheduled isn't at the greatest time I'm not going to be able to show up in my fullest energy for you would you mind if we moved it a few days Uh, that's really empowering actually because I think Uh, you get in almost a a servant position with clients that you must do, a customer's always right, you must do your own service to your community, so you must bend over backwards to accommodate them, Uh, but that's not actually in the right energy, and so working with my cycle has really helped kind of empower me to go to honor my energy and then be able to advocate for what I need in relationship to that energy at a point in time, which keeps the relationship with my community and with my clients in a really beautiful, supportive, abundant place. And then in terms of the mistress mind and being in Create Your Beautiful Biz, the kind of easy answer is I've met loads of really incredible women and expanded my community and my support network for myself through the relationships I've built. But what I found most incredible about the whole experience is I just found it so supportive and I shifted through so many layers of energy and have really transformed my entire life over the last six months um I'm starting a new job which is incredibly fabulous and much more exciting than what I was doing before I've had relationships fall away I've had beautiful new relationships come into my life uh so it's just they as I've I've been so supported through the mistress mind to allow for the up-leveling and then naturally the things that have no longer served me have fallen away and new things that do serve me are continuing (laughs) and will continue to uh, come into my life. And at the start, 
when we were setting intentions and we were talking about goals for the mistress mind and if I hadn't got the business results, if I'd just got the life results, it would have been the best decision I'd ever made. Mm. <laughs> so the fact that I've got life results and business results is just incredible. And I am so grateful that we stepped into that same elevator at the uh, Women in Business event. And I just listened to that intuition and I didn't hesitate. I knew that it was the right decision to join the mistress mind and I just went for it. Um, and any time now that I think about investments or making decisions, I'm looking for that same feeling because I know that that's when I'm on the right path. So mm. even that little bit of knowledge there is invaluable and I will carry that with me for the rest of my life. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, it's such a it's so great when we have that physical response to a decision and that's how a lot of my clients end up working with me. They're just like an absolute yes and it's like that's it. They just cuz we're all pretty tuned in with our intuition and our body and so I love making decisions in that way too. But I think what I've heard from you throughout um talking about the mistress mind and talking about working with your cycle and through talking about productivity (laughs) is really about the coming back to being empowered. Like all of these things have empowered you and empower us in some way. And so that is what is what I'm seeking as well, right? I always want to feel empowered. Like learning about my mind empowers me. Learning about how to do business empowers me. Learning how to be productive empowers me. Working with other people and seeing how much how much um, how how much wisdom I could share or you could share in the mistress mind with these other incredible women in business is super empowering and 100 percent learning how your energy works and when the best seasons of your cycle are to do certain things is also super empowering and so yeah I just think that when you're empowered, as you mentioned, the things that you think that you want when you start something, you just end up getting way, way more than you ever could have imagined. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's such a succinct summary uh, and sort of tying it all together beautifully. It's, um, it's empowering and it's a coming back to yourself. It's kind of, uh, I had a yoga teacher that used to talk about it in terms of clearing dust and dirt off the mirror so that you can see your reflection clearly. And it's just peeling back all of those layers so that you are knowing yourself and honoring yourself and the decisions that you're making and how you show up in the world. Mm, I love that. Okay, Sarah, well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. It's been so incredible to talk to you all about productivity and most importantly, to hear more about your journey. Everyone's going to find that super valuable and so inspiring. So could you please let us know how we can continue to connect with you? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I've had so much fun in this conversation and going back and forth. Um, you can find me, my website is anindependentmaven.com uh, and my blog is on there with lots of lovely blog posts uh, and details around my coaching. I am on Instagram at anindependentmaven, but it's A-N-I-N-D-P, 
P-T-M-A-V-E-N because Instagram wouldn't allow me to spell out independent because it <laughs> reached character limit. Um, and I've just started a LinkedIn page as well because I love supporting career women. So I'm now on LinkedIn at an independent maven. So you can come find me there as well. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. And I can't wait to, for everybody to share with us what your takeaways are and go and check out Sarah's blog and get in touch. We love to keep up this conversation post these interviews and episodes. Yeah. Look forward to hearing from everybody. So there you have it, my beautiful friends. Thank you, Sarah, for joining us on the podcast and sharing your productivity wisdom with all of us. My favorite part of this interview was talking about the link between productivity and inspiration. I absolutely love thinking about if we don't have any space in our life because we're so used to doing, 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 doing that we will not create the space to receive inspiration. This is something I talk about in Embrace Your Feminine Essence, my online course to reconnect with our feminine energy. It's something that I believe so much and we constantly need reminders about this because it's very easy to forget. So I just loved that reminder in this episode and I hope that you have all taken away so many useful tips from this about how to be more productive in your beautiful businesses and in the rest of your life, because we all have big things that we can create this year and we don't need to kill ourselves to do it. We can do it in the most sustainable and productive way possible. So I would love to hear more about your 2020 goals. If you haven't yet heard mine, go back to the previous episode, episode 78 and check those out and then come and hang out over on Instagram at Letitia Ringe and let me know what your top goals are for 2020 so I can support you. We've got to claim it because if we can't claim it, it means we're ashamed of it. This is a new quotable by me that I came up with just today. I love it. I will be sharing it over on the gram at some point soon. And so I also want to invite you that if you haven't yet signed up for my next training, which is coming up in the week of the 20th of January, it's all about how to create a business you love and make money in 2020, make sure you're registered for that training at LetitiaRinge.com forward slash trainings. I'm going to be sharing so many useful tips that you can implement right away to make sure you're creating that beautiful business for yourself in 2020. And I also want to remind you that if you do want to take this even further and set up that strong foundation to make your difference and thrive in business, and you're either starting your business or you've got a business and you're ready to really make a difference this year to create that impact and the income you want in your business, I am adding two additional modules to create your beautiful biz, one focused on selling and one focused on the mindset you need to make money in business. I shared in our previous episode that I have huge goals this year. I'm working at quadrupling my income in 2019. I matched my salary from my uh, career as a lawyer 
And now I'm looking to quadruple it and I'm doing it all using my mind. And I'm going to be sharing these tools in Create Your Beautiful Biz. You get access to the group coaching that we'll be doing live. It's going to be going for three months this time rather than two. And you'll also have access to all future rounds of Create Your Beautiful Biz, which means you have ongoing support, coaching support from me. And you also have the Create Your Beautiful Biz community. We have a private Facebook group where we all hang out and we all support each other between live rounds. And so you've always got this source of support for yourself in your business, which is super, super important. So if you want to join the wait list, go to LeticiaRinge.com forward slash create your beautiful biz. And if you want to take this even further and you want to get one-to-one support so that you are stepping up in a massive way in your business and getting that extra support to manage your beautiful mind, I also want to let you know that this is my final call for my one-to-one 2020 coaching offer. We are starting next week and I've got one more day for you to book in your application call with me, which is tomorrow. So if you're listening to this and you're like, Letitia, I need your help. You are the lady to help me. Make sure you go to LetitiaRange.com forward slash coaching, check out all of the details and then book in a call for tomorrow. And if you can't book it in because it's too late, send me a message over on Instagram or shoot me an email at Letitia Ringe, or actually it's Letitia at LetitiaRinge.com so that we can set yourself up with an application call as soon as possible. Now, if you are interested in joining the Mistress Mind, I also invite you to get in touch and let me know because I will be sharing that only with a few people when the next round is happening, which will be coming up very soon. So I will be sharing that with the people that I already know are interested first, and then I will be opening it up to everybody else. So make sure you get in touch and everybody I hope you have a beautiful day and I will see you next week for our next episode hey if you're ready to create your very own purpose-driven business too I invite you to check out my online program create your beautiful biz you'll learn how to create a business that allows you to make your difference and thrive using my signature feminine essence framework just head over to www.letitiaringe.com forward slash cybb Let's make creating a business beautiful. I'll see you there.